Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Other horn is going. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus to play football. Everything with an attitude. Alabama. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Don't let play against and make his ass win. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. I- Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama, whoa, wait a second, are we recording? Oh, yes. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer and a functioning record button. Tom, Tennessee came to town and they managed to walk away with a with a defeat. That's uh, That's about the way that one played out, right? Yeah, you said it best in the stands, you know, were we looking ahead? Uh, were they just playing the best game of the season after so many close games? Uh, nobody will be able to tell, um, but we are definitely uh, lucky to escape with the W. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the 2009, um, <laughs> and we talked about this last week in, in the show that only you and I got to enjoy. But, uh, you know, this game set up to to remind me of the 2009 season where, um, you know, we came in that game, you know, you know the Tide came in on fumes. And uh, were it not for a couple Cody blocks, we would have lost that game. And, you know, this game very similar. Had they not missed a couple of field goals, uh, you know, we would have gotten a loss. So I'm glad, um, I, I, you know, I'm glad we had just enough mustard in the tank to, to get us to the bye week. And, uh, you know, kind of, we'll kind of see how the rest of the season plays out. But what did you see on offense against Tennessee? Man, we talked about this a little bit last time. Um, after the Texas A&M game that we were trying to record is we get into the red zone and we just get cute. And a buddy of ours was sitting with us, a former player was sitting with us in the stands, and he just kind of grinned and said, that's your West Coast offense for you. And um, I agree, man, you know, not to break down each play, but kind of like Texas A&M, when, when we had the momentum and when we had driven down the field with the rushing attack, you get you know first and goal at the two and just run the ball four times and score a touchdown. There's nothing cute you need to do. Instead, we start breaking out the passing gimmicks and we settle for 20-yard field goals. And there was twice that we you know came away with field goals when – you know, if you get a touchdown both times, that's an eight-point differential. And um, I think that's that little cutesy style is going to come back to bite us here um, as we get later in the season. 
Yeah, you know, it's the situation, and and I agree. I think that we definitely should have run the ball four times. Now, if you want to run it up the middle and then pitch it outside, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to kind of mix it up that way, that's fine. The only, and I hesitate to even say concession, but the only allowance I'll give is if you're going to pass, do it on first down. Because because that's when you're most apt to catch. You know, you're at the you're at the the goal and and you know two to go, right? First and goal at the two. If you're gonna if you're going to pass because you think you have just a money in the bank play, then do run it on first down. Otherwise, just run it uh, run run the ball four times. Uh, I mean, if you need the three points, then run it three times and try to kick. But you know, you think in that situation, guys, we're gonna get a freaking touchdown. Line it up and uh, and punch it in. Um, you know, I definitely agree with you there. I, you know, Henry, you know, Henry's just proven himself as a beast, right? You know, he had 143 yards and I kind of, I kind of scratched my head, you know, after the game, like, when did he get all of those yards? He didn't bust one. He just, he just was consistent and methodical, you know, all day long, you know, 28 carries. That's not his high, but two, two or three weeks ago, that was his career high. And so, you know, three weeks in a row, he set a career high for carries. And um, I think the first time he said it, it was 24. And so to run uh, 28 times, I mean, he's, you know, that's four weeks in a row that he has he has been at or near personal bests. No, absolutely, man. He's, he's proven himself to, to be a workhorse. And, you know, when you go back and look at some of those runs, um, and and this just shows how well we were running the ball, okay, is on first down, we ran the ball 20 out of 31 times. And three first and tens, okay, I won't go over all of them, but three first and tens. First and 10 at the Tennessee 14, he rushes over left end, 14 yards, touchdown. First and 10 at our 40-yard line, he goes over left end again, 12 yards. First and 10 at the Tennessee 20, he goes over left guard for a touchdown. And so, you know, there are three out of three first down runs where he rushes for 14 yards, 12 yards, and 20 yards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he sat here on second and nine and got 10 yards around right end. And second and 21, he got another 10, 10 yards over right tackle. So my point is, you know, how many times do you see a running back in a game that's five carries of 10 yards or better on five different carries, okay? And and here's one I, I just missed, second and, second and six. He got 12 up the middle. So it's kind of funny, right? There's right in, there's right tackle, there's left guard, there's left in, there's up the middle. So now I've counted six running plays with 10 yards or better. That That tells me he was kind of gashing them, right? Yeah, and that's about half his production right there, right? I mean, if if you add him up, it, you know, he definitely uh def, definitely had his success uh you know, against Tennessee running the ball. I wish we had done some pitches, some uh some toss sweeps. We did a little bit of that against A&M, uh, a little bit of misdirection on some of those. I thought uh I thought that was good. Called for it a couple times, uh but didn't see it. But uh yeah, he had another big day and it's uh you know, I I'm hesitant to say that we're going to go as far as he carries us, but you know, there's definitely a relationship. The level of success that 
that uh, that we'll have is is uh, in in proportion to how well he continues to perform. Well, I think a um, I think he does seem to get better with the more carries he makes, uh, more carries he has, as, as we've talked about a few weeks now. But I also think David, it has more to do with this offensive line, and you know I will you know get get your thoughts on this real quick, but. Here's another team that that just took four and went after us, uh, just like Texas A&M. And Texas A&M gave us fits with their two defensive ends and gave us all we wanted to handle against uh, pass protection. And Tennessee's two defensive ends gave Cam Robinson and Dominic everything they wanted. And so for the second week in a row, a team is able to get consistent pressure on our quarterback with only rushing four guys. Yeah, and we need we need both of those tackles to get back to form. I know Cam's been dinged up most of the season, and of course Dom went down uh, in the game. Another Tennessee, I mean, I'm sorry, high ankle sprain, and so you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully he, he'll recover uh, pretty quickly and uh, be back to form. We need the line to uh, get into you know a mid-seasons type form and not be you know kind of a mash unit. Well, give me give me your thoughts on you know, run versus pass, because I, I, I guess what I was where I was going with that is, is I think the reason Derrick Henry is having more success is because we are giving him the ball more and our line just seems to do a much better job of blowing off the line and block and run blocking than we do pass blocking. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Right. You know, Dominic is is known more for run blocking than than pass blocking. You know, Alphonse, uh, you know, I think that the that, that same same is going to be uh, true of him. The other guys, you know, maybe have some some capability, uh, a little more capability in, in the passing game, but uh, pass blocking. But, you know, you know, like you said, the, ta- the talent and the skill set is, is more geared towards towards the running, especially, you know, kind of the power running and drive blocking. And I go back, you know, with Henry, you know, we've talked about it. You know, you've continued to say he gets better with more carries. I continue to wonder if it's a check in our egg. Is he getting more carries because he's running behind his pads and running more aggressively? You know, I don't know which is the chicken and which is the egg in that, but, you know, it nets out uh, where he's consistently getting uh, a lot more carries and he's consistently putting up uh, significant yards. You know, the irony is, uh, you know, it seemed, and, and here's kind of, to, to me here, this is kind of a funny way to say it because we did only score 19 points against these guys, but the game plan seemed to say we should be able to run a, run against them, and so let's make sure that Henry gets, you know, 28 carries. We seem to also think that we can match up the, with these guys with our receivers and in the passing game. You know, Coker was 21 of, of 27, but – more passing plays were called. I mean, he was sacked five times. He ran himself out of uh, quite a number of sacks. You know, Calvin really had a big day. O.J. Howard had his probably his biggest day of the season. Uh, our Darius had a had a big day. And not only did did we think that you know that we could throw the ball and and match up, but we especially liked and you know. And then I know we're going to go a couple different directions on this, but we especially seem to like the one-on-one matchups with our receivers against their DBs. We did a lot of the the back shoulder uh, passes, a lot of the comebacks, and a lot of just throw it up and let the receiver make the catch. And 
I'm a fan of that, you know, sprinkled in and mixed in, but that seemed to be, uh, that seemed to be the primary ingredient in our passing game. And there were some critical third downs where, uh, where we went to those types of plays and, you know, I can see it once, but we seem to go to that well a couple times, and that's something we talked about in the stand. Why don't you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, as our uh, as our buddy, a former player, you know, called it desperation. There, you know, it's a it's a fifty fifty at best. And when the game was on the line, and we were trailing fourteen to thirteen, you know, we we sit there on two different plays and and throw those jump balls, and um, you know, once was. Once was a second and 12, uh, and once was a, a third and six. And um, I, I just don't like those play calls. Uh, you're throwing one to Ardarius Stewart, who has, who has not shown a consistency in his play. And, and Nick Saban just said it was his best game of the year, and I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then you throw the other one to a true freshman who has, you know, who has played well, but we're not throwing a jump ball to an Amari Cooper. No offense to Calvin Ridley, but we didn't go third and six to Julio Jones in his freshman season against Tennessee with a key catch that you have to catch or you punt the ball and you lose the game to Tennessee. So yeah, I, I just don't like I don't I don't like the I don't like who we threw it to and we could have done something different, David. We could have done um there could have been there could have been a different play called. It's still been a pass. I just didn't like how it was set up. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of how it was set up either. And that was a critical, you know, we were you know, we were trailing at that point in the game. And so if you don't convert that third and six, uh, you know, fortunately we did, and then we went on uh on the play where Dominic got hurt. We went ahead, uh we were able to go ahead and score the touchdown. And so if we don't get that third and six conversion, then then you're at a fourth and six, and to your point, what do you? At their do? forty, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna kick a field goal, right? No, well, and that's you know that's the kind of conversation that we had in in the stands and kind of playing it through. What do what would you do there? Would you would you punt it, uh, knowing that you probably don't get full value out of your punt? Uh, do you kick a field goal? And we talked about maybe some some of the dicey uh, propositions there, or do you go for it? And maybe that would be, uh, you know, fortunately, fortunately, we didn't have to to find out. And and fortunately, the play that that, um, you know, that we both kind of thought suspect uh, it worked. And, you know, I don't know if I think 50 50 proposition, I you know, you run, especially if it's kind of working through the game and you've seen something on film and you know that you can run off the receiver, turn and jump and, you know, Norwood made a lot of money, you know, Norwood uh, had a lot of success doing that. Now, granted, junior, senior versus a, a true freshman, I just think it's representative of, of how good we think this Calvin Ridley is. But um, desperate seems a little strong, but it's – I don't know. I don't know that it's the best play call. Like I said, I can see it situationally. I can see it um, – you know, being used in a game as part of a passing attack, play. but but that seemed, uh, um, I don't know. It seemed it seemed a little Norwood esque, I guess, is where I might go with it. And and to do that with a true freshman or the other time with an inconsistent Ardarius, um, I don't know. Maybe it seems 
maybe it seems like a better play when you're running it with a Kevin Norwood. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, running it with a, a Kevin Norwood or Amari Cooper would would have been a different situation. And I'd, I, I'll go to the third and six. You know, even the Ardarius Stewart was second and 12 at the 27. So let, let's go back to that one for a second. Tennessee has just taken the lead. Um, on the first play from scrimmage, Jake Coker gets sacked for a two-yard loss. So now you're second and 12. Um, you know, not much time, four minutes left in the game, and you and you go to that play to Stewart, and and it works, thank goodness. Uh, Ardarius makes a great play, mm-hmm. um, but you know, going to him in that situation would have been different if he had, you know, been Mister Consistency all season. But the the third and six, I think, is a real kicker for me because we've seen plays where we have thrown a slant pattern uh, to Mullaney who has shown himself to be pretty sure-handed if the ball is somewhere near him and he has gotten eight or nine yards on a little slant play, do something like that um, versus that jump ball to Calvin Ridley. Just You you can throw the ball on third and six, um, but just, you know, have some other play called to, to do so. Hey, what do, you, what do you think about Jake Coker? You know, we, we've talked about the kid – you know, really being really having good vision on the field, which I think he does when he scrambles. But um, there was a couple times he got people on him so quick. They really had he tried to throw the ball, he might have had a fumble. You know, it might have got knocked out of his hand. But there was a couple times that he took sacks that I really think, you know, he he just shouldn't have. Um, he doesn't seem to have a presence to feel somebody. He doesn't have eyes in the back of his head, does he? No, he really doesn't. And and you think, you know, if you've got that sort of internal clock, you know, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, I need to get rid of the ball, you know, he was getting hit on two, right? And so part of that is he needs he needs to have some awareness. Part of that is we have got to block better than that. Well, there was there was one time in particular that you and I saw Cam Robinson just whiff big time. And the guy was barreling down on Jake Coker to his blind side. And, and you know, I even kidded with you in the stands. I said, because Cam had to be eight yards away, you know, at this point. And I was like, well, gosh, Cam, you can't hold the guy, but just turn and scream to Jake Coker and tell him, you know, duck, he's coming or throw yep. the ball or something. Yep. A lookout and, block. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I, I think he, he's a big kid, but I think he took some hard shots that he didn't need to take. And, um, I think more times than – I'll say it this way. For the kid to go, I don't think he has eyes in the back of his head, so I don't think he has a presence to feel in the pocket. Sure. Um, I do think he 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 does have an ability to scramble. But for him to be 21 of 27, as much pressure as he got in the game, I think is pretty damn good. Yeah, it's amazing when I when I when I looked at that and 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 you see twenty one and twenty seven that doesn't drive with five sacks right those two things tell different messages and and if you watch the game you know that that five sacks easily could have been you know seven or eight right because he ran himself uh, he, he ran out himself of yep. out of a couple of uh, out of a couple of situations and so you know one of the thing that's one of the things that I found a little bit frustrating is. You know, last week we talked about uh, or tried to talk about uh, 
him really lowering his shoulder and laying some licks and getting, you know, the team sort of rallying around his, his effort. And, you know, much was kind of made about his effort there and nicknames and, and stuff like that. And so all of that was good. This week he seemed to want to try to live up to that reputation. And there were times where he really just should have thrown the ball away. And, uh, you know, let's not get licked. Let's not get hit. Let's not risk the ball. Let's not risk injury. Let's just, you know, throw it away and, and live to play another day. And, you know, A.J. McCarron was just so good at that. He would just, you know, and I don't think, you know, I, I don't think that he would give up on the ball too, you know, too easily. But I think he would realize, I'm just going to get rid of the ball, not lose yards, not not risk injury, and let's just line up and play again. And, you know, that seemed to really work. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't see that from Coker as much as I would like to. And there were a couple of times where, you know, discretion's a better part of valor. You can be a tough guy and you can throw the ball away and, uh, you know, not lose not lose uh, yards or risk a big hit. No, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, he's got to have a little bit better pocket presence. I mean, he's got to, you know, he's been, he's been a quarterback since, you know, for a long time. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what, what can be done as far as his blind side there. There was even a couple of times that they came at his, you know, came straight at him. And I just didn't feel like he, he sensed the pressure at all, um, which I was surprised at. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, one more thing on, on the offensive side that, that kind of jumped out to me is, is just the curious, uh, the curiosity of the running back rotation. Obviously, with Henry kind of being the bell cow, uh, he, he's getting the carries. Drake's getting a little bit, not a whole lot. We're not seeing nice wander back there. Not that he was getting carries, but he would get some passes. And uh, I, I continue to be surprised that we're not seeing Bo Scarborough. And, of course, Damian Harris, I don't think he got any carries either. So what do you make of the running back rotation? Yeah, I was really surprised that, you know, Kenyon Drake had only gotten three. Obviously, he had gotten banged up against Texas a But, you know, I kept telling you in the stands I wanted to see the fullback. I wanted to see Nice Wander in there to formation and, you know, either run the ball out of the eye formation or do the play-action pass. Um, we didn't see any traps. Um, you know, another thing I said, you know, after the game is with all the pressure we were getting from the defensive ends, since we're showing we can't block the, you know, since we're showing we can't protect the passer, I think we need to see some more draws and screens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we can play call and help the uh, help the line out a little bit, and I agree. That's 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 exactly what we need to do. Hey, anything else on offense, or you want to hit mini game ball? I'm going to hit mini game ball, uh, and it can be my other thing on offense. Is uh, we were talking in the preseason about who the swing man was. As soon as Dominic Jackson went out of the game, uh, you and I were looking to see who came in. And Bradley Bozeman came in and uh, got moved to left guard, and Peter Spocker got moved to right tackle. And so, uh, just you know, nod to the young redshirt freshman that uh, in a game of that magnitude, he just so easily gets moved from left guard to right tackle, which is not the same position at all. And uh, I have to tell you, it makes me wonder a little bit. Um, should we try to experiment with that a little bit more? And should we put a Pierce Bocker out there at right tackle and give him a chance like we did Drew Davis in pass protection years past 
and take Dominic Jackson, a run stuffer, and uh, try him back at guard. Yeah, it makes you wonder, right? I mean, should we try to mix that up a little bit and, and see how that plays out? You know, on, on one hand, I'm glad that uh, on the play where Dom got hurt that uh, we went ahead and scored the go-ahead touchdown. Uh, and then when we secured the ball back on turnover, that we just, you know, ran the victory formation. And we didn't actually have to see the replace uh, the line replacements kind of execute. On the other hand, I wouldn't mind having seen some of it. So, you know, I, I, I that's kind of a mixed bag. I'm glad the game was was kind of resolved at that stand, at, at that point. But uh, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we don't tweak uh, some of that or practice some different formations because we just don't know. You know, Cam wasn't supposed to come back from the high ankle sprain last year. He just did. Uh, Dominic, uh, you know, does he come back from it? Is it a worse injury? You know, you can't compare apples to apples, but all you can do is compare with what you have. And so does he come back? Do we need by necessity to rotate some guys around and experiment with that? So that'll be something we'll have to watch sort of in the in the media reports over uh, over the next week. Yeah, I'm going mini game ball to uh, O.J. Howard. Uh, we've almost we've questioned whether or not, you know, he's been a write off uh, the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, clearly. Clearly, he was uh, part of the game plan. You know, he had seven catches for 55 yards. I think each of the preceding weeks, uh, you know, he's he's had three three catches uh, per game. And so to come out with more than double that um, against Tennessee, uh, I was glad to see him have that type of performance. I hope that kind of reminds the coaches, if you will, that he's available to the offense and that uh, we carve out some role and capacity for him uh, here over the coming weeks. Yeah, the first thing that jumped out to me on on defense was was just the the injuries and then the player rotations uh, at the safety position. You know, Eddie Jackson went down very early. Fortunately, he was able to return. Uh, you know, he's sort of an inspirational leader on the defense. And so the fact that he came back, I think, was kind of a big deal. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, you know, uh, had uh, an injury as well. He did not return. You know, we kind of kidded, you know, gosh, we're thin at safety. And so when you lose two of them, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's problematic. <clears throat> and, and you think, well, yeah, heck yeah, we're, we're thin at safety because of the first three safeties we play, two of them are converted corners and one's a true freshman. So, you know, we're definitely uh, thin at the position. Uh, when, when we went to bring someone else in, we actually brought in Jabril Washington who ironically enough is also a former corner and who has been injured uh, most of fall camp and most of the season. And so this was really, I think he played a little bit against A&M, but this was really his first uh, sustained uh, action. And, and so, you know, it kind of makes you wonder uh, if, if um, you know, if Ronnie's not able to come back or, or you know, not back up to form, what really are we going to do there? Because Jabril's not our strongest asset. Uh, at that position, and uh, but he appears to have beat out, you know, Mo Smith and Anthony Averett, who were catching some run earlier in the season. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the big thing that, and that's a lot of sort of moving parts. But that's kind of the big thing that that stood out to me is, you know, the the play of the secondary and the player rotation in the secondary when uh, the injuries started to pile up. Yeah, I think when I think when Eddie Jackson went down and, and thank goodness it wasn't anything more serious. 
thank goodness he kind of rolled away uh, from the offensive lineman uh, who DJ Petway had had put on skates there on that on that sack. Um, it was interesting that that Jabril came in and that he came in before you know uh, Maurice Smith did. Um, you know, I shared with you in the stands that it was last year's Tennessee game that. You know, Maury Smith was beat on a goal line play and, and chewed out on the sidelines by the coaches. And, you know, Maurice, you know, Maurice Smith um, ended up having to come in the game after all whenever Ronnie Harrison went down. So to your point, what is interesting is, you know, Maurice Smith is really more of a corner as well. And so both him and Jabril get brought in and we don't see anything from Hootie uh, uh, Jones. Yep. And um, I found it interesting that Hootie Jones did not come in that situation. And so they're, they're saying that Ronnie is an ankle sprain, and it's not a high ankle sprain, so hopefully he'll be back. Because of how, well, as we've talked about the previous shows, we had finally found the guy to put in the box next to the linebacker, right? who could be that third down guy. He had finally found a guy to put in the box, you know, like they did last year um, with Colin. And so I think if Ronnie if Ronnie or Eddie gets nicked up again, um, I think the only answer will continue to be Jabril Washington and Maurice Smith. Yep. And um, I think neither one of those uh, answers the call uh, if need be. I'm just saying that right now, I don't think we have an answer if the, those guys get banged up again. No, and I, I, I agree. I don't think that we have, the, we don't have the right answer there either. It's already our thinnest position. And so when you get uh, injury, you know, we had two, right? And so when injuries pile up at your thinnest position, um, you're not going to have a good answer. And, you know, and I'm not mad at Jabril, but, uh, you know, he's even undersized. To, he's undersized for a corner, much less undersized for a safety. And uh, and he's been out for so long, so it's not like he's gotten reps and rotation and, and the ability to even get comfortable trying the position. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a wreck on top of a wreck, right? Yes. No, I agree. Are you surprised with Sean in there? Uh, Sean Burgess-Becker? Um, yes. Yeah. You know, maybe a little bit. I mean, you know, he's definitely not going to redshirt because he's playing special teams uh, all the time and, and, and certainly contributing. So, you know, I have to think that uh, – I have to think, yeah, there's a probably uh, a chance that he could have gotten some run. If it hadn't have been such a close game, he, he may have. But, you know, with a game like this, so much on the line, uh, maybe, maybe you roll the dice with the older, uh, the upperclassman, the more experienced guy than bringing in another true freshman. Yeah, I want to I want to just call out, you know, the we continue to see uh Tim Williams uh in there uh, on third down situations. Uh we continue to see Reggie Ragland putting his hand in the dirt uh sometimes on those passing situations. And um we also see Rashawn Evans in there on those third downs uh playing in the box and and freelance and more. And so I just hope we continue seeing uh, a mix of Tim Williams and Rashawn Evans, and uh, and I hope we continue seeing letting Reggie Ragland 
uh, get some third down opportunities where he can just go get the quarterback uh, because I think it's been um, I think it's a recipe that that works against uh, mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. I think you know if if we don't want to go Raglan report, I think this week we definitely need to go linebacker report. You know, Raglan had 12 tackles. Reuben Foster, man, he had 11 tackles and a sack. And, uh, you know, you can't talk successful linebackers on Saturday without mentioning Ryan Anderson and uh, the critical play on uh, on his pass rush that uh, that he had to, to knock loose the ball, uh, you know, landed right in uh, the hands of A'shaun Robinson. So, you know, I like the success of the, the linebacker play. And like you said, I like the pass rush that we're seeing and some of the guys developing in that space. So I, I continue to think the defense is, is, is playing well. It's coming along. Uh, you know, we gave up some plays and some yardage uh, to Tennessee, but they did only score 14 points. Uh, I think that's winning football. Uh, I think if we were to look for sort of a downside with, uh, the, with the team overall, it would be more of the offense. But uh, even with some dead legs, and Saban said it three or four different times uh, in, in some of the different outlets that, that, uh, that I stumbled across, that, uh, you know, the, the defense was, or, you know, the team as a whole, you know, was playing with some dead legs. They were tired, and you know, it goes back to what we said at the beginning. You know, Tennessee came in and, and was able to you know eke out a eke out a loss, and uh, I think that has something to do with uh, our guys just being uh, just being exhausted. You know, you talk about eight games so far into the season, but it's nonstop through fall camp and through uh, you know the last sort of ending spell of summer conditioning work players are working the hardest to get in that final good shape for the for the fall camp and so you think of uh, all of all of that has been full go you know and then you add on eight weeks of season I, I think a couple of days off here over the next couple of uh, over the next two weeks is going to help the team out why don't we jump to mini game ball we got a little audio kind of snafus and, and whatnot why don't we uh, why don't we land this plane but why don't you give us uh, on the defensive side of the ball who's your mini game ball all right, so so my my mini game ball, you know, I, I just want to give it to a couple different guys who I who you just mentioned, but but I think they just stepped up and had great games. First of all, I just want to give it to Reuben Foster. Um, he continues to look comfortable. He continues to look like a guy who can play faster because he knows what he's doing. He knows his assignments. And then uh, and then Ryan Anderson, you know, you you called it on the big sack play, but that was a huge play, man. That that he did. And, um, you know, that j just overall, um, you know, those two guys jumped out at me. But in general, I think it was the strongest linebacker performance that we had collectively um, on the stat sheet all season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I'm going to give my mini game ball to uh, Eddie Jackson. He did not fill up the, the stat sheet, but he went down with injury early in the game. He's an emotional leader on the defense. You can almost feel the air come out. Uh, of of uh, of the defense, players tried to step up, but they're just exhausted. And he was able to come back uh, after half uh, and uh, and contribute, uh, at least take some reps, take some snaps, some some snaps, and uh, provide some depth. And so I think that uh, provides some some buoyancy back to the defense. And of course, uh, the tide was able to pull out with the victory. So I'm giving my mini game ball to uh, Eddie Jackson. What did you see on special teams? What jumped out to you on special teams? Um, we, we talked about it during the game. You know, he, uh, he obviously only had four punts on the day. 
but uh, he was back to, you know, maybe if you want to have a Raglan report, you know, when he has games like this, we can call him flip the field JK. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about it during the game. There was there was a couple punts where, you know, he, he nailed a 50 from the shoulder and, and allowed them to start in their 25 yard line range and and you know, at times that we really needed it. Yeah, I agree. Uh it was good to see him just just let the ball loose. Um, you know, Adam made two kicks. Uh and uh glad to see that he's getting more and more sort of positive reinforcement. Uh at some point I think we're going to need him to boot a long one and uh, the more of sort of these shorter kicks that he can continue to make and build some confidence, I think that's good. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake uh, was returning kicks. Didn't see Damian back there. That was a little bit of a surprise. He had one uh, uh, pretty nice return. Uh, what would you make of uh, Damian, Harris, Damian Harris not being back there? You know, Saban was asked about that after the game uh, in, in one of these reports, and he just commented about him letting one bounce, um, that he can't, you know, he, he's got to make that play before the ball hits the ground. And um, he talked about another one where he let it go into the end zone, and um, he was pretty hard on him. He he, he basically said that you know, Damon, uh, Damian Harris has got to take more control back there uh, with the ball. He's, he's got to go get the ball and let the ball come to him. Kind of like a short top, short top baseball. You you can't let that short hop hit you. You got to you got to go and attack that ball, throw out that runner. You can't just let that ball come to you. And uh, he's seen a little his decisions, and so uh, I guess he's giving Drake another opportunity. Yeah, that makes sense. I I agree. Uh, it's also another opportunity for us to get the the ball in Drake's hands, and uh, and so I'm not altogether uh, opposed to that. So the off week, we've kind of talked about it, uh, the opportunity to get uh, the team some rest, uh, to get some injured players, uh, you know, kind of healthy or back uh, as healthy as, as we can get sort of in, in a, in a two-week period here. What's your biggest, uh, what's your biggest sort of uh, takeaway or your biggest thought as we head into the bye week? Man, I, I think that we have got to really reexamine you know, Lane Kiffin's, you know, Saban's always about going back and looking at what's worked and what's not worked. And they think they've got to look at certain plays at certain times and go back and, and watch these games, you know, these, these previous games, which they will, and go back and say what worked and didn't work. You know, what worked. And I think we've Jay Howard game plan all the time. I think we've got to see tight ends in the game. I think we've got to see Michael Nicewander in the game. You know, you and I saw at the beginning of the season, I think it was O.J. Howard lined up on opposite one of the right, and they went out and ran a five- or six-yard button hook, right? And and Dakota Ball was wide open. Nobody covered him because nobody thought he was going to get the ball. Well, we didn't even see Dakota Ball in the game, to my knowledge. And so it's like all these things at the beginning of the. So a little technical audio difficulty there on uh, on on Tommy's uh, side, but I completely agree with with the message kind of uh, filtering through there is that we need to take advantage of the bye week for some self scouting. There's a lot of things that we saw earlier in earlier in the season, some opportunities, including you know to Dakota, Dakota Ball outrunning routes wide open, uncovered, and last couple of weeks he hasn't even played. 
uh, I think there's an opportunity for us to re-examine sort of our play distribution, where we where we uh, spread the ball, and uh, how we can take advantage uh, of some mismatches and uh, not be uh, quite so predictable. And then, in and in some respects, not to sound too contrary, but in some respects, get back to what works. You know, pounding the ball, uh, getting uh, uh, tight end, heavy packages, nice wander back in the game. Uh, I think there's some opportunity to take advantage. Uh, of our personnel groupings in that way as well. But definitely uh, uh, a great time for the Tide to take a break, a great time to sort of heal, rest, recover, and uh, set sights on the upcoming matchup. Uh, this year's game of the century in the SEC, I guess, if you will, uh, which you know typically is the Alabama-LSU uh, game. And so that's what, we have, uh, that's what we have coming up. That'll be a tremendous matchup. I think there's some... Uh, sort of carryover. We've talked about the schedule and the benefit of uh, how the schedule is lined up. You know, playing uh, against Jalen Hurd, uh, a, a pretty big 240-pound uh, running back, uh, right before we have an opportunity to to play Fournette. Not to say that Hurd's as good as he is, but he's like a, a Fournette light uh, in terms of he, he has a similar sort of body type uh, and a, certainly uh, a similar mo when he runs the ball. So, uh, good good practice there and uh, definitely demonstrated the opportunity that uh, we have to improve in that regard. So looking forward to that matchup here in a couple weeks. This has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast powered by Bama Hammer. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout-out, a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.